it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Presents the pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwu Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode 5.5 of the pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, one of the basketball coaches at Indiana Wesleyan. On today's episode, you'll hear about the team's unique stretch of 10 days without a game early in the preseason. In the first half, Coach Osborne will interview Coach Tonigo about how the Staff creatively leveraged 10 days for specific growth within the team. In the second half, you'll hear from Spencer Piercefield, Michael Thompson, and Trevor Harrell about their specific memories of this time and how it catalyzed growth throughout the year. I'm joined now by Coach Tonegal. And, and Coach, we had a bit of a unique schedule this past season. We wanted to start a little earlier and play a couple games in Canada. And as a part of that, we ended up with a 10-day break in between games in November. And I know for me it was easy to look at this and think it wasn't ideal, uh, but oftentimes opportunities lie in unexpected areas. Yeah, I think frustration um, can can really swing a team one of two ways. Either you're going to hit that point of frustration and it's going to turn to complaining or it's going to just put a halt to the momentum that you have or it's going to cl- cause you to come closer at a team as a team and, and really uncover maybe some hidden potential. And I think that's kind of the way we, we began to view that 10-day stretch. Uh, there was some hidden potential in this team, but the big question is how are we going to uncover that? And we ended up splitting the team into three different groups and uh, placed a member of our leadership team in each of those groups. What kind of led to those specific groups that, that we formed? Well, I think we wanted to kind of manage this potential growth down to a manageable size. And so we put them in groups. And we, we really kind of begin to separate our guys based upon some potential that we saw in them. And it was really neat how it worked out. You know, we had, I think we had an energy group. You, you can kind of correct me on some of these. But we just saw these guys that had tremendous potential for energy, but yet maybe were a little reluctant, reluctant to, get it, to get out of their comfort zone. Um, we had a group we called the Joy Group. And it was just guys that had this kind of infectious personality but we wanted to see them really aim that joy at others. And then we had the, this point guard group that we had really challenged to become more vocal, to take command. We, there was something inside of them that uh, I think contained great leadership potential. But for most of their lives, if we were honest, kind of held back and had let other people step up verbally. And we said, no, I think now's your time uh, to step up. And so we just challenged those guys to get out of their comfort zone and really to draw them to that next level of growth. I think it was interesting just to watch how different guys are gifted in different ways. And um, you saw as those small groups came together, they were rubbing shoulders with one another and really relating deeply um, to one another. And I think of uh, the the joy group with Seth and Tanner and Luke and the way that Tanner and Luke and Seth all related in different ways really, I think, allowed them to go to places. And we saw a ton of growth from those guys. But um, as a staff, how, how did you guys, or how did we go about implementing those specific groups to allow them to flourish? Well, first, I think it showed all of us that growth doesn't happen in isolation. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't get uh, a, to become a better man by standing in front of a mirror and staring at myself. I, I get better as I rub shoulders and elbows with other men. 
and for us the awesome thing is we get to rub shoulders in the weight room uh, in the practice court uh, in the locker room and so we put them in groups and and really what we hoped happen would happen by design which is kind of the philosophy of our program is that you know you're measured by the success and growth of others not yourself so basically we put them in the group we didn't say hey these are the, the three things we want you to focus on yourself. What we said was, look at your teammates. Here's something we want to see them grow in. How can you daily invest into that growth? Now, the unique thing is that you also had three people looking at you, investing into you. So as we joined kind of hands and as we worked alongside of each other, we, we, we pushed each other in those areas. It, it was a lot of fun to see guys push each other and get out of their comfort zones. That makes me think that's, that's just one of the promises that we make to kids as we're, we're recruiting them is saying, hey, if all you do over your next four years is invest only in yourself, there's really a limit as to how much you can grow. But if you come in and you're committed to pouring into the 13, 14 other guys and they're all pouring, pouring into you along with the coaches and managerial staff, man, the, the potential there for growth is seems limitless. Uh, so with that, we saw a number of different things happen throughout the course of the year as a response um, to this time that we had. What did you notice either immediately in some of these guys or just as the season progressed? Well, I think they had a lot of fun um, kind of stepping into the new roles. I mean, I think of Spencer Piercefield. We challenged him to, <laughs> to, to get out of his shell emotionally, uh, to show a little bit more personality. And he would walk into the gym and just scream, sometimes <laughs> take his shirt off. And, like, everybody would stop and look. And, and you knew Spencer had arrived, and you knew it was time for practice. And uh, it just really set the stage for, look, coaches challenged me in this. I'm not going to question it. I'm going to rise to the occasion. And, and it became fun. Like sometimes work isn't fun. I get that. There's periods of, thing, periods of time in our lives where we have to do things we don't like. But then there's most moments where we can take things we don't like and make them fun. And all of a sudden, now it's not work. And it became contagious. And I think a lot of guys adopted that attitude and we, and we started to grow together. I think back to, to this team in particular and a lot of these guys seemed to take total ownership of this challenge that they were given. Again, this was early on in the year. And as the season played out, it felt like this was one of the best scout squads we've ever had um, because the energy that got brought and the guys that started to, to buy into their roles in that way was seemingly at a different level. I mean, the hardest thing by far in, in leadership is to take a group of people and uh, align them around a common vision or mission. No, nothing is harder than that because – You've got people that are going in their own direction. And in coaching, how do you take 15, 16 young people and align them around a common vision when each are given a different role? And, and each of them place a different value on that role, even though the reality is every role is, is so important for the team. But how do you get guys to buy into that role? And this year, uh, I would say they bought into that. And you've you got to give Trevor Harrell credit for that as the senior leader. He bought into it. He came every day, and he worked hard. And as a result, other guys followed. And just back to uh, you mentioned Trevor, but the the leadership team had a lot of responsibility in in these groups as well. They had to essentially lead them. And instead of coaches coming in and saying, "Hey, we're going to be the ones that lead these groups," we gave ownership to those guys. And I think some of the younger guys watched the older guys and saw how they had progressed, or heard them kind of speak, "Hey, this is who we think you can become." What sort of impact do you think that had? just giving ownership to those those leadership team members? Well, people buy in when they weigh in. And uh, our leadership team was, was given weight, was given responsibility. And I think that's been one of the things I've tried to do a better job of. Um, I don't, I'm not sure I did that early on, but it's to give ownership to the, the players. And it's their team. 
you've, you've heard this a lot in coaching, but a, a player-led team is going to be far better than a coach-led team. And, and the reality is I really do believe my players can coach the team better than I can coach them. Um, now, I've got to provide a lot of structure for them, and I want to empower them, but I don't want to dominate and control them. And so we had amazing senior leadership this year, even upperclassmen leadership. And I gave those guys that ownership and said, run with it. And they carried it in a very productive way. And that just reminds me of we come out of this game and or come out of this 10-day period and we go play a game and uh, you guys actually gave Trevor Harrell the, the whiteboard and said, hey, draw up the first play of the game, just another way that, that you show ownership or allow guys to take ownership. Yeah, we had some fun with that this year. Trevor's got a basketball mind. He's very uh, intuitive and he's always uh, looking at things from the perspective of a coach. So we said, I think Coach Clark did out of nowhere, said, hey, Trevor, here's the whiteboard. Draw this play up. It was like five minutes for a tip-off. <laughs> well, it worked. So we did it multiple times throughout the year. And there would even be timeouts in the middle of games that I'd say, Trevor, what do you want to do here? And, and, and the reality is those guys see stuff. I remember my coach in college a couple times asked me, what do you see? And I was like kind of shocked, like, man, you're the coach. But the reality was I was on the floor and I was playing. And learning to tap into that, tap into the leadership potential that, that is there and giving ownership to our guys that – has been very productive, very fruitful, I would say. It's fun for me just to come in and watch these guys, and probably one of my favorite things about being a coach is to see where they were at when they first got here as a freshman or if they transfer in and then where they're at when they leave. It's fun to, to watch that growth. And we didn't just see it in this first or these 10 days, but we've seen it over a lot of guys' careers. Yeah, the, the transformation of, of a young man is, is, is the coaching paycheck, I think you would say. Uh, at the end of the day, when – when somebody really grows up and matures and somebody digs some deep roots down in their faith and when you have no apprehension to send them out in the world because you know they're going to be a very productive member of society, you know they're going to be a great family man, you know they're going to love the Lord with all their heart, like that's the joy in coaching and that's why we do this and I think year in and year out we get the pleasure of seeing that. And when we come back we're going to hear from a few of the players about the growth they saw and experienced over these 10 days and the impact it had on the remainder of the season. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I Am Third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President Trent Daly. Pursuing the I Am Third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.ins.com mgt.com. Now back to the second half. I'm joined now by Trevor Harrell, Michael Thompson, and Spencer Piercefield. And there was time this season in the month of November where we had a 10-day break in between games. And that resulted in a number of practices, but also some focused breakout time with small groups. And I remember as a player, once games got started, it was hard for me to get excited about this many practices. Um, and as a basketball player, a lot of times you just want to get out there and play uh, and it can be hard sometimes to get excited about some of these extra things that are going on off the court. Trevor, for you, 
as you come in as an underclassman, but then you grow to be a senior, how'd your perspective on these kind of change? Yeah, you, you touched on it a lot. Um, you know, it's hard to find a, a rhythm or a flow uh, with a long break like this. I've never had something like that uh, in a season. But for me, that for this being my senior year, I just try to make the most of it and try to get guys to buy in as much as possible. I knew the coaches had something up their sleeve. Um, didn't really know what to expect, but I just I just try to make um, you know have as much fun during this ten day process. And Trevor, you just having fun with it, I think allowed a lot of the underclassmen to follow suit. Michael Thompson, for you at this point in the season, maybe minutes played aren't quite what you were wanting, um, and you're at a little bit of a crossroad as to what your next move is going to be. And beyond the choice that you made to become an energy giver, and we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit, you made a choice to have a growth mindset. What was it about just the experience that you were having that led you to say, okay, I'm going to have a growth mindset? Um, so initially, uh, minutes weren't exactly where uh, I wanted them to be, and uh, I really just wanted to do whatever I could to just try and bump up my minutes. And at the same time, you know, I feel like I deserve more minutes. I felt like I was doing enough, but the results weren't coming down to that. Um, and so just like every other person who doesn't really get the minutes that they think that they deserve, uh, I just start to overanalyze and uh, overthink everything as well as just starting to compare myself to other guys on the team and everything else. But uh, it really just came down to realizing that when I chose to come to IWU, um, I wasn't coming for minutes. I was coming to learn what it was to win and to be a part of a winning culture. And with that mindset, uh, it really just came down to deciding that instead of complaining um, and begging for more minutes, I need to just every single day be intentional about preparing for my next opportunity and making sure that I can make the most of it when it comes. And Trevor, we split the team up into three different groups, uh, and you were a leader of one of those groups. How was it that, that you wanted to, to lead your group? Yeah, so Kyle and I were in charge of uh, trying to get the younger, more quieter guys uh, to speak up more. And I remember we made a rule that Spencer, uh, Isaiah, and Noah had to scream as loud as they possibly could when they walked into practice every day. And uh, regardless of what kind of day I was having, uh, seeing those three quiet guys just come in and you know, give a give a loud yell. It just gave it just put a smile on my face and kind of set the tone for the rest of practice. For us as coaches, it's easy to tell players to they need to talk more, they need to play hard or play with passion. And oftentimes, players have a hard time knowing exactly what to say or, or what it looks like to play with passion. And over this ten day break, you know, we split these teams into or the the teams into groups, and the coaches challenge guys. But uh, Spencer, as a freshman, you're sitting there, and it just wasn't the coaches, and it was Trevor and, and Kyle and the leadership team that was challenging you and the other guys to get outside your comfort zone. Yeah. And coming in as a freshman, you don't really want to make a lot of waves or do anything like that. My mindset was kind of to uh, let the older guys lead and, and just listen to them and be like a sponge, soak up what they were saying and, and just try to play as hard as I could. But when we got into these groups, um, Kyle and Trevor really made it clear that they wanted us to be more vocal and, um, get outside of our comfort zones and, and be more vocal and celebrate our teammates. That was a big part of this. And, and this was definitely a hard thing for me being a quiet kid. And it was definitely uncomfortable at times, um, trying to like lead older people, guys that have been in the program a lot longer. But I think when, when I just let go of everything and I just started focusing on my teammates and, and celebrating them, um, I think that was when, I found the most joy playing basketball, and I think that was also when I started playing my best. 
and Spencer, this just falls in line with the idea of unconscious that we dove into this past season. Listeners have heard a little bit about this uh, in past episodes, but maybe give them a little bit more insight into how it was that this played out for you this past season. Yeah, unconscious was huge for me, and I think each practice and each game, I grew a little more in what it means to be unconscious. For me, it was, just to be completely honest, like it was a really hard year, basketball-wise, school-wise, just adjusting to what it's like to be a college student-athlete. Um, and with that, I tend to be in my head a lot. And as someone that's quieter, that means I'm even more in my head. And I always have my thoughts, and I'm always critiquing myself and being hard on myself. Um, but when I really dove into this idea of unconscious, just not caring about what others think of me, but also not even caring about what I think of myself and um, just really trying to focus outward and focus on my teammates and celebrate them and um, just have a lot of fun playing. That was when I was playing my best basketball. Um, when I was able to just forget about myself, forget about how I viewed myself and, and just pour into my teammates. Um, I just found freedom in that. And that was when I had the most fun playing. Spencer, I think back, there's a couple of unconscious moments you had this past season. One was your 17-point game against Mount Vernon. Uh, you go a perfect 6-for-6 six six from from the floor, including 5-for-5 five five from three. Uh, and then another one in, a, in the conference championship game this past year against Bethel. You come up with a steal uh, and then hit a 40-footer at the buzzer uh, to end the half. And, and there's this picture of Michael Thompson, and he's bear-hugging you. Uh, and we're going to talk to Michael Thompson now. You're an energy guy, but as you transferred here, that isn't necessarily who you were or what you wanted to be. Uh, yeah, so I've always kind of been an energy guy. Uh, maybe not with the title per se in the past, but I've always been that kind of person to a team. Uh, and to me, that's not really an easy job to have. I think it's either actually rather tough. So when I transferred in, I did just about everything I could to not be labeled an energy guy. And I was really just trying to stay quiet, uh, not make too many waves, and just hope that just being a good enough score was enough to get minutes on the team. And uh, so when we started breaking into our groups, and then I was put into the energy group, all I could think was I did everything I could to not be put <laughs> in that position. And this is now where I'm at. So uh, it was just about making the, the best of a – I guess I would quote unquote at the in the time say bad situation, but it ended up being a, a beautiful blessing. Um, it was so as we got into our groups, uh, it took a while for us to each find our own way to be an energy giver. Um, it took a lot of time for us to brainstorm what is an energy giver and then to make our own definition of it. And then as a group, once we made a, a group decision on how to define energy giver, uh, it was time for each of us to break off on our own and figure out ways that we ourselves can be an energy giver and it kind of helped pull me out of my own head too because at times you can get down on yourself and um it's hard to be an energy giver when you're quietly thinking about every little thing you've done wrong so being an energy giver meant giving myself to others and um it really helped bring me out of my shell and out of my own head and allowed me to play more free and more uh myself and so uh it wasn't easy at all but I feel like uh, our team and myself included, uh, we really grew a lot just once we figured out what an energy giver meant to each individual person. And Trevor, as we're wrapping up, how did you see guys like Spencer and Michael emerge and impact a team, whether it was during that 10-day stretch or throughout the rest of the season? Yeah, I loved uh, 
I personally love watching people grow, uh, especially in something they're uncomfortable with. Um, but I'm going to touch on Spencer real quick because he was my group. But um, like I t- like I said earlier, he uh, he's always been a quiet kid, and I wasn't able to make it in in June uh, for workouts. So I came into school, you know, not really knowing a few guys on the team, but I did know Spencer and I knew he was quiet. Um, but I think one of the first workouts we had, we were about to break it down, and someone said, "Spencer, hey, give me a yell." And he just yelled at the top of his lungs. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I haven't smiled or laughed that hard in, in I don't know how long because that just that brought me so much joy. Uh, and then as the season progressed, he did that more and more. And every single time, I, I can't even describe to you how happy and how full of joy that made me. Um, and then about MT, uh, being a, uh, a fellow scout squad member, um, I just remember celebrating with, with him on the bench, um, just about everybody, about every single play, about every amazing pass or, or dunk or something that, uh, you know, Kyle somehow did. Um, you know, we just celebrated so much with and for each other. It was, it was a lot of fun. And after these 10 days, and I think you guys were ready to play a game. You're tired of beat up, beating up on one another. You're tired of practice. And Trevor, you're, you're obviously a high basketball IQ guy. And as a senior, it's your team. We want the senior year to be the most fun year of basketball you've ever had. And we also want to give you some freedoms and take a little bit more ownership. So fast forward to our very first offensive possession. Uh, we're at IU East after this 10-day break. Uh, you were kind of the brains behind this this first offensive possession we had. Yeah, so the days leading up, we were just running through sets like we usually do. Um, I was a point guard in one of our transition sets, and I set, a, I set the first screen of a double screen for a shooter uh, with our five-man being the second screener. And I just kind of like – uh, realized that it was just me and the five on on the weak side, and I was in a pretty good position to set a back screen for for a lob for our five man. And I mentioned it to Coach Clark, the offensive guru, and his eyes kind of like lit up and he <laughs> excited. Um, and so before the game, he asked me to drop the play for the team and and put the guys in the right positions. Um, and as soon as I got done drawing the play, the guys all got pretty hype, and that was that was pretty fun to see. Uh, I got to give credit to the guys though; they they ran it perfectly we got a perfect back screen with Kyle and Seth Noah threw a perfect pass and Seth finished it uh, and it was just it was really fun to see uh, an idea just come to fruition and see it work in a game and I, I guess I kn- now I know how coach Clark feels just about every day and and in the end that's the beauty of a team we're all gifted in in different ways and asked to take on different responsibilities and we're striving to live out this aggressive humility I mean you look at the example of Christ in Philippians 2 it's an act of humility it, Christ made himself nothing. He takes the nature of a servant and he, he becomes obedient to death on the cross. And as we actively look to humble ourselves, I mean, hearing from you, Michael, and you, Spencer, and Trevor, your example as a, as a senior leader to get outside our comfort zone and to focus on using our gifts to serve others, I think both individually and collectively, we go to places we can never have gone. Next time on The Pursuit, you'll hear about how IW Hoops works with other kingdom-minded individuals to help foster growth within the team. In the first half, the entire coaching staff will give insight into several occasions where someone outside the program shared God's word and the impact it had. And in the second half, you'll hear from Isaiah Payton and Jonathan Panzu about how one particular instance changed their outlook on humility and what it means to be a man. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. 
If you have a question you would like to ask Iwoo Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIwooHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.